Now, it's time for 2010 National Sports Writer of the Year, Peter King, from MMQB on the NFL on TuneIn. Peter, always a pleasure. You've been covering this league for decades, was watching that incredible game between Houston and Seattle, a reminder of why we all love football so much. I, I, uh, I mean, I just was speechless about 10 times down the stretch of that game. I mean, you know what is so interesting? You look at a game like this, and, and if you do it strictly from a statistical point of view, how about Houston and Seattle, 14-14 in the first quarter. Houston and Seattle, 7-7 in the second quarter. Houston and Seattle, 14-14 in the fourth quarter. One measly field goal in the third quarter is what made the difference in 41-38. And to me, if you had told me that after everything the Houston Texans had been through, that they would have gone to Seattle, the team that over the last five years, far and away the best and most consistent defense in football over the last half decade, year after year after year, they get it done. Deshaun Watson, you know, in his seventh NFL start, sixth NFL start, by the way, in his sixth NFL start, he throws for 402 yards, four touchdowns, and over 50 rushing yards. He's the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to do that. Four passing touchdowns, over 400 yards, and over 50 yards rushing. I mean, this kid is is beyond for real. He is an exhilarating presence to watch on the field. Let's talk about the controversy that was heading into this game, the remarks made by Texans owner Bob McNair. Do you think the clarification from Bob McNair indicating that his inmates' comment was directed at league officials, the folks at 345 Park Avenue, not his players, is significant? I think it's significant, but I don't think that most of his players, and I haven't talked to him because the players have been off limits since then. I don't believe that the players are going to buy it. Whatever it is they say publicly, that sounds a little bit too convenient to me. Uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just simply saying that you ask me if I think that the players are going to believe it, and in my opinion, I think most of them are not going to believe it. And I don't know that, but it just sounds a little bit too convenient to me. Taking around the league with our NFL insider, Peter King, MMQB. Peter joins us every Tuesday, and this week, Peter, you had strong thoughts about Martavis Bryant. Clearly, he wants out, even though the Steelers say they're not going to trade him and he's going to be deactivated tonight for the Sunday night matchup at Detroit. Do you think there's any chance he could be dealt prior to Tuesday's deadline? I think it's highly unlikely because the Pittsburgh Steelers look at Martavis Bryant. I almost think that they would rather release him after the season than trade him now and give him his wish for a very simple reason. This team has stood behind Martavis Bryant in his darkest hours. And, you know, for him starting in about week three this year to start voicing his displeasure, his displeasure quietly at first and then loudly later on is just absolutely absurd. You know, this is a team that, uh, that, that supported him uh, and he uh, bit back, and I just think that the Steelers have it within their rights to bury him the rest of the year. And again, look, will that help him win? No. I think they're going to give him another chance to come back uh, and to play well, and people are saying, well, geez, that's kind of a cruel thing for them to do. Just look at the history of this. This is a guy, multiple suspensions for substance abuse, and this team, even when he was out for a year, 
stood behind him and said when he comes back, he's going to be a member of our team. And so I just uh, – I'm a little bit down on Martavis Bryan, as I think anybody who has played in team sports would be. Peter, it feels like typically as we get closer to the deadline coming up on Tuesday, a lot of rumor and innuendo, then very little happens. With that in mind, what name should we be mindful of that potentially could be on the move? I think Indianapolis cornerback Vontae Davis uh, – you know, I was told today by one general manager who definitely is in the market for a cornerback. Uh, he said they have been trying to trade him uh, for weeks, uh, the Indianapolis Colts have, because they feel that corner is such a need position around the league that they'd be able to get a second-round pick for him. So that's one. Anthony Costanzo, the left tackle there, I think they would be willing to trade Costanzo, especially after losing this game in Cincinnati today. With the Colts now being two and six, uh, they don't have much of a prayer. Uh, they they'd almost have to run the table. They're not going ten and zero, or I'm sorry, eight and zero down the stretch. So I think Costanzo and and uh, and Davis and Indianapolis, I think two tackles that have engendered a lot of interest around the league: Joe Staley uh, in San Francisco uh, and Cordy Glenn in Buffalo. I think both of those guys have such high price tags put on them by their respective front offices with the 49ers and Bills. I do not expect them to be traded because I don't think there are teams out there willing to give a one uh, or and maybe even a little bit more uh, for, for each of those guys. And then finally, uh, Ian Rappaport uh, reported today uh, that uh, Jimmy Graham might be might be dealt. You know, Jimmy Graham who had the the winning touchdown pass in one of the most scintillating games in years in the NFL. Uh, but I would not be surprised if if uh, the Seattle Seahawks could get a usable tackle for the rest of this year to try to make a run. There's no premier team in the NFC that Seattle doesn't think it can beat. Philadelphia is the best team. But after that, who's better than Seattle? I don't think anybody. Finally, history tells us losing in London when you're a coach in jeopardy is not necessarily the best thing for job security. What's the outlook for Hugh Jackson heading into the bye? I keep going back to a meeting I had with Jimmy Haslam and his wife, Dee, the co-owners of the Cleveland Browns, uh, late in training camp. And uh, he was adamant that he wasn't going to make wholesale changes in his front office or coaching staff this year because... And everybody said, well, why not? They're one in, Hugh Jackson's 1-23. in 23. What do you have to do to get fired around here? Because every time the Browns have made a wholesale change like that, either cleaned out the front office or cleaned out the coaching staff, it has kept them on the road to misery. So I think they want to take their medicine, and I think they want to give it everything they can uh, you know, to, to try to keep it going one more offseason with most, if not all, of the characters in place, led by general manager Sashi Brown and head coach Hugh Jackson. That's that's my gut feeling right now, Brian. But obviously, if you go 0-16, uh, I mean, clearly all bets are off. But still, I don't care if you go 0-16. I don't think you help your franchise by starting from ground zero again. Peter, always a pleasure. You sound great, by the way, with that home studio. So I'm It glad really you... is great. Yeah, Isn't thanks a lot. I, I hear you well, too. Thanks, Brian. The technology matching the insights. We'll chat with you Tuesday on NFL No Huddle. Great. Thanks. 
You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.